0: When I first started out, I had an issue with too much dialogue, too much telling, and, you know, and it was too long. And so if you read it out loud, or if you're, you take your scripts to a class, which I highly recommend people do, is to take screenwriting classes. So I took the beginning, intermediate, advanced, and
1: rewrite. So by the rewrite, I had birdie. Welcome to Best in Fest. I'm Leslie LaPage, the director of La Femme International Film Festival, and this is a podcast for people who are interested in advancing their career in television and film and learning the dirty little secrets of Hollywood. Today I am so happy to bring on as a guest Janine Bernstein. She is fabulous. She has been in the film festival as a semi-finalist for uh, her TV pilot. She is a writer, a speaker, a radio host of her own major. On her new series called Out of the Box at KUCI 88.9 FM. I want to congratulate you on that. She has written a short script, Wiley, which is a semi, oh, sorry, which is a finalist in the Big Apple Film Festival screenplay competition. Then uh, her TV pilot Finding Miss Katie was a semifinalist in La Femme, as well as her feature Bride on A Different Year was a finalist in La Femme. So she really understands how to work that festival circuit, taking you know, those opportunities and, and working, you know, the behind the scenes that you have to do as a writer to get uh more credibility in the world of writing. So I wanna welcome you to Best and Fest. Thank you so much, Leslie. It's great to be here. <laughs> so let's let's talk about you started writing when you were like fifteen. Yes. And yes. and you haven't stopped.
0: I haven't. I had this amazing teacher when I was in high school, my creative writing teacher and um I had a really rough home life and she would sit me down and say, here's a glass of water. What is it like to be in that glass of water? And I I had like nothing to say, you know, (laughs) she and she slowly got me to feel more confident and more comfortable. And she'd say, there are no wrong answers, Janine. Just what do you feel? What do you see? What are you experiencing right now? And I, I felt less judgy of
1: myself with an approach like that. It's hard because a lot of writers get self judgy, you know, until they get credibility from somebody recognizing them and going, hey, you actually, you know, can write, they still live in that, that, that vacuum of self-doubt, you know? Oh, yes. Yeah. So when you start uh, approaching, let's talk about just your technique of approaching a writing, because then we'll, we'll segue this into, you know, how you're, how you're taking that final product. But, where are you getting your inspiration from? Are you Googling? Are you taking bits and pieces from life? Or are you taking it from, you know, the dysfunctional family that all of us have had, you know, in the past? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes.
0: <laughs> all the above.
1: So tell us about that. Yes, very dysfunctional family growing
0: up. So I I actually did this thing, National Novel Writing Month years ago, and that made me realize I had all these little short stories, and some of them were so funny. And I thought, how could I take some of these tough experiences and spin it and make it funny? And and one thing I did notice early on, Leslie, is I started writing about relationships between teenagers and an older character. And I realized, wow, that was me and my grandmother. And so that's why I wrote Birdie, um, except it's the lead character is missing a leg from an accident. And it's about her relationship... When you find family or friends in the most unexpected places, she finds it in a retirement home. And it's just about these relationships. And you wouldn't think people would mesh, you know, older adults and younger. But actually, right now, it's amazing things are happening in the pandemic.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, the pandemic has brought a lot of people to together in a weird, odd world way. So Birdie, when you started soliciting this into the festival circuit, how, how was your approach? What did you, did you research? Did you look at what you think might have been, you know, appropriate? How, what's your process on that? Lots of anxiety. <laughs> um, you know,
0: self-doubt. But what I would say is one of the things I really did was I started the script at the UC Irvine writing, screenwriting program. So by the time I knew I was going to enter it in a festival, this thing had been looked over and read by other people. And I would really suggest that. And so it really was refined to the point where I said, just let it go. Just put it out there and see where it goes. And I didn't submit it to a lot of festivals because of self-doubt. But the two I did, the Blacklist, Women in Film, and yours, I got in. So I I was so happy, you know. You asked me a really interesting question, where do I get my ideas? It's also being an observer of life, thinking about what I'm going through, what other people are going through, the unique relationships there are in life. And I told you this over a year ago, I had this idea for a, a woman who's trapped in her garage, and her garage looks like holy hell, you know, it's clutter fest. And that script, every time I would tell someone that
1: one sentence, they would bust out laughing. So I wrote that script. Which is awesome, and the title of it is "Low Battery." And are you ready to start soliciting this? Are you going to start sending this out? Are you at that point yet? Are you still? I did. I put it out
0: there, and I got into the Rhode Island Film Festival.
1: Excellent, excellent. So, so let's talk about that now. You know, pre pre COVID. Uh, You would attend the film festivals and and try and network and and what now post COVID a lot of film festivals have pivoted and had to pivot to virtual and in 2022 and 2023 I think things are going to start settling back again and we'll be back yeah back on the on the ground um, element so are you finding it more difficult less challenging more challenging to network and, and still you know fulfill that networking opportunity.
0: Well, there's nothing like being in person. Yeah. You know,
1: who are we kidding? Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I mean, Zoom has been interesting because I have pivoted to do my show on camera like you're doing right now, which is great. But there's nothing like going to a film festival. I mean, I had so much fun at your film festival the years I've gone. And it's so, you're so energized and you're with people that had that self-doubt or they're submitting for the third year or whatever. And so that is hard to not be in person.
1: Most of the film festivals that have pivoted to virtual are now offering some sort of a networking opportunity so that Right. Yeah, so that you don't have that component left out. So have you been able to segue and facilitate reaching out to people now that that particular script has at least landed in one festival and I'm sure you're soliciting in other festivals you know that script
0: yeah i've been you know i've been networking some of it is you know i need to know more about what to do you know hey i'm a semifinalist or i'm a finalist what does that mean now you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you really thinking like, okay, am I going to take the short script and
1: produce it? Probably. I'd love to produce the low battery one. It's shot in a garage, you know. Right, and you can do it on your phone. I mean, really, people are shooting really interesting stuff just on the on the quality of their the yes. new Apple phones. Yes. Right. If you do do that, would you be utilizing that as a proof of concept for a long form? Does this have the legs? You know.
0: Yes, and it's it's also interesting. You asked me that because. I wrote the script Finding Miss Katie based on my writing teacher and that script I want to develop into a feature because it does have the legs to be impactful. It's, it's great. It is the relationship between a teen and an older woman who's the writing teacher who gets through to her and their bond. And so I look forward to developing that into a feature.
1: That would be your progressive next step to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Let's talk about how challenging is it or have you found it to be more challenging, less challenging as a woman over the age of 17, 18, you know, that 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 that, that just got out of high school um, to still to be taken as a valuable screenplay writer and and brought in to the fold to start you know, writing for other people, having an agent, having a manager, are you finding it still challenging or has things changed in the last six months, a year because of this whole movement? Well, the irony is this. During the
0: pandemic, I got a fellowship with what's called the Age Boom Academy at Columbia University. So I became more aware of ageism And they talk about how older adults are treated and how they're very isolated and depressed at times and how college students feel the same way. And I thought, this is perfect. But also I thought, wow, this is kind of strange for me in in my age to be amping up. I'm not slowing down. I've got all these ideas and things I wanna do. And I feel like, you know what, if someone has a problem with my age, okay, next. I mean, that's stupid. I feel as we get older, this is what I've realized, we definitely have more life experiences. Um, you know, we have a lot more to bring to the table, we become better writers, you know, we have so much more to tell, right? So I, you know, hopefully, I'm, I am hoping to get an agent, get a manager, you know, take this, amp it up.
1: Yeah. Well, you're a really good writer and the and the product that you're creating is is really interesting and it's it always has this little funny tone to it and and elements that that really are are very real. you go, ah, ha, ha, that's so funny because it's so real <laughs> as opposed to ah, that's slapstick and not real, right But you know it's it's funny you bring up ageism because it's still a credible barrier that we are having to get past even with the current trends of of people of color and authentic stories from authentic people of color diversity women etc they haven't really touched upon that ageism issue which is you know we do have a lot more to offer we have a lot more to say than somebody who has way less life experience Telling a, you know a similar story, so I I want you to succeed and and to secure that and to start you know uh, getting these products uh, made. You're a novelist as well, and are you currently? You've done a, a wonderful novel. You've had very success um, on your novel. It was published by Simon and Schuster, and that was. Get the get funk the fun- out. That's right. Get the <laughs> funk out. <people>. Funk Funk. <laughs> funk. Funk. people. Yes. Get the funk out. Um, are you now looking at, because you're not stopping, are you looking at uh, doing another novel? Are you working on another novel as you're working on these other screenplays?
0: No. I was asked to do public speaking because the whole theme of get the funk out, bleep happens, what to do next, and you can fill in the bleep, is the idea of mental health, and it's very relevant right now, obviously. And so I've been asked before the pandemic and then during to talk about, you know, resilience and mental health and physical health and how that all fits for different ages. So I've been talking to college students and adults and teens and it's been amazing, but I thought, you know, I'm not going to do another book right now. I really want to work on my scripts and there I have, different compartments to my brain, and I realized when I do write, finish that short script, I feel so fulfilled, Leslie, like, okay, I did that, I got that out there, that feels really good, what's next, I'll tell you a quick thing, I reconnected with somebody I hadn't seen in 50 years, a stepfather, and we did a Zoom call, okay, and I thought he never liked kids, turns out, he adored me, so think about that for a short script, Think about how, you know, the buildup of these two people and you don't know where that's going and he's getting ready on the Zoom call and she's getting ready. And then there's these smiles and shock and emotion and you find out they
1: haven't seen each other in 50 years. That would be really good. That would be really good. A nice, you know, uh, interesting COVID tale without actually pointing to be another COVID story, you know? Exactly,
0: exactly. And that's, what I mean, life. That's taking your life and sharing it.
1: So how do you once you have the kernel of this idea what's your process do you write an outline do you start writing character descriptions what's your process when you are taking this to a full length feature
0: I put it in a notebook And if i long form Yeah, long form just just throwing it down on paper because this is how I started when I was a teenager throw it down on paper this is how I did my book because I had lost a friend at the end of 2010, and then my dad was very sick with cancer, so as I was flying all the time to see him, I was on the plane with my notebook, writing, writing, writing. What's a funk? How do we get funks? How do we get rid of funks? What types of funks? It was like this dissertation. And so that's how I write my scripts. I start with this outline, and it could be like two pages, you know, three acts. And then I flush it out. And then I start thinking wh- who are the characters and I'm very visual. So I'm, I'm seeing them. I'm thinking about how they speak, their attitudes, whether they have relationships and they really break it down.
1: So then you'd go from there to maybe computer. Th- to the computer. Okay. And yeah. then what happens? You start writing your character descriptions or you start kind of throwing these long form notes into, you know, an outline or a treatment form.
0: I actually. Sometimes I do character descriptions, but sometimes, as I'm just writing the dialogue, I start thinking, "Come on, who? You need to add more. Layer this person. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about them." You know. So, like when I was writing the um, low battery script, the idea is she's very um, stressed out, mom, and kind of taken for granted by everybody in her family. And so i you know, I put myself into it. Mm-hmm. I thought about other people how frenetic our lives are you know we're not focused and paying attention and oh no the garage door closes she goes in there to get something but the broom handle catches it and you think she's okay and then all of a sudden slam it shuts and now what you know so I just try to put in you know because I am a mom how relatable that could be and my own thing with I can't stand clutter even though I have clutter and a messy garage. And what does it feel like when your husband's more cluttered than you? So I actually let him read it. Uh-huh. And? He still loves me, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, wait a minute, that's me. <laughs> and it was funny, you know, it was really funny. Yeah.
1: So, So how do you handle the exposition of the, that you need to get through in a script that a character needs to, communicate? How do you handle that in dialogue or descriptions? Or what is your tool that you use for that? You mean to kind of flush it out? To get that exposition across without actually having it seem of, hey, my, my, my son, the Duke, you know, without being... I obviously try to
0: say less and do more with visuals, how people dress, what they look like, you know, are they rested? Or are they disheveled? Uh, what do their surroundings look like? Oh, so, so the beginning of that script, Low Battery, I painted how she's, she's doing this thing. I mean, this is Amazon, right? I say this, no dusting, no vacuuming. And so, but it's a facade. We're all, you know, a lot of people in the facade where you can disappear in the backdrop. But the bottom line is we've had to live in this facade being on Zoom, right? But who are we really? That's where it gets interesting. Who are we Really?
1: We're all living in cluttered garages. That's that's who we are really. With with no maid service. You're wearing fuzzy slippers, <laughs> shorts. Exactly. You know, uh I, I'll see my husband uh uh you know go to work and he'll have like his shorts on, you know, with the tie and the shirt for the Zoom presentation, but in actuality from the waist down it's just he's in shorts and flip-flops. And and
0: it's stressful living a persona. I think about a lot of people online that, you know, oh, they have a million followers. Are they happy? Maybe not. But they've got the million followers and you think, oh, they are so lucky. They got the book deal. They got the million followers. But the truth, they could be actually very lonely. You know,
1: a million followers and what? Three friends and they're unfulfilled and et cetera, et cetera. Right, right. Yeah. So where's the dynamic yeah. of the differences, the, the light and dark yes. within that character?
0: And one thing I forgot to add, Leslie, is because sometimes when i 'm stuck and it happens, go for a walk
1: i I go get my best ideas walking, doing something totally different. once you start flushing this out um with characters, you know how many sweep throughs do you do on your script do you you use? you know, three by five cards to flesh out storylines, A, B, and C. What's your method on going through that?
0: Yeah, I used to use uh, different colored cards. So, you know, act one and yellow and act two, which is the bigger picture and the arc, pink and the blue. And then it became so many cards. And then if you drop them, they're all over the place. So I actually took a really helpful free class online where it broke things down, like what happens the first 15 pages and what happens the the next in the middle and, you know, how there's an arc in every scene or, you know, and it really helped me flush out making my scripts more interesting. So I'll give you an example. I always thought that my grandmother would leave me like a key. That would be like a mystery key in her old, you know, fancy-schmancy purse, okay? She gave me her Louis Vuitton, which is not my speed. So it sits in my closet. And I think knowing her, she would leave me like a little key that opens something, right? And you don't know what that something is to a briefcase that has a piece of jewelry that means something. And right. So that's how my mind works. Like always looking for something, but, oh, nope, that's not the answer. But where's your next clue? Where are you going
1: next? So when you are kind of looking for that next clue. Are you um, are you doing that as the characters are developing in your head space, or are you doing that as you're you know, going through and rereading it once it's kind of constructed and then layering those keys on top of that? The
0: latter, the latter. I do a lot of, um, once I'm on the computer, sometimes I'll just print out what I have and I, I keep calling it draft, draft, you know, and I always put the date on. And then I, I think, okay, but they're at rock bottom. They're totally broke. They brought this rundown inn in the middle of Maine. They have no money. What are they going to do? And in one scene in particular, I remember they find an antique car in the garage. It used to belong to the grandfather. And, oh, my gosh, it's an Aston, what's an Aston Martin, you know, like some crazy. And there's their money. And there's, the, you know, but it doesn't start.
1: <laughs> right <laughs> it's dead the, the tires are flat yeah <laughs> the dead. battery's dead it, right. it's the the the, the hoses have been eaten by rats and there you go yeah
0: that kind of thing I, I love those kind of like that's the answer this is going to save the no it's not
1: the disappointing reality comes crushing in on right. on the characters exactly uh, very yeah. interesting <laughs> So uh, how do you know when the scene is complete in your headspace? I say it out loud. I do things out loud.
0: And so that it's, it's left me feeling I want, I want more, what's happening next, or I feel really good with that. It's funny. I, I realized I left something out of a script I should have put in, but I thought, oh, if I, I'll turn this into a feature, I'll add it. And I love the idea of circling back to something that was funny. Like, I'll give you an example. Uh, the woman's stuck in the garage, she's so sick of all her husband's sports clutter, and there's a signed basketball, and she goes to pick it up, and she goes to shoot it into a hoop, and it misses, it gets stuck on a nail. Now, of course, if the husband was there, he'd be like, what did you do, Larry Bird? Sign that thing. So I forgot to put in, which I'm going to, that you know maybe the end scene is you hear this deafening scream, <laughs> he's going to the garage, and the basketball is hanging on a nail, but she just rode off on her three wheeled motorcycle with her mother. Cause she's decided to find her freedom, you know,
1: <laughs> crumbling his, right? Oh my so, God. His so autograph. Why are you laughing? Cause you can visualize this, right? I totally can visualize this. Well, yeah. not only can I visualize this, but I, I understand that, you know, a sports memorabilia to a guy that oh. if it's ruined is like destroying their entire maleness. Right? right? Yeah. Right, whereas the girl is like, well, I don't understand. Okay, so you just blow it back up again. You put a patch on it and blow it back. Exactly. And he's like, you don't understand. Yes. This is the only one. This, his sweat was on this ball. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> As if the sweat's somehow going to bring up the value in it, right? Right. So how do you ensure that your uh, characters have these unique voices? Is you know, Does that come out... As you're doing it, do you go back and sweep through going, eh, you know, just not authentic enough or just not unique enough? Well, it's
0: funny you say this or ask me this because in Birdie, I have a lot of um, older women from a retirement home. And I thought I need to make this diverse because I if, when I first wrote this, I didn't think about the characters and the depth and the, their personality. And then I have this um, Asian-American older woman who is really good at picking locks you know, so she can pick open the office door of somebody in charge. And and then I have another woman whose skill is uh, something else and one who's addicted to home shopping, you know, has all these quirky things. So, and it's really important to visualize it. And if you don't think it's funny, no one else is going to think it's funny.
1: Right. So each one of them have their own hidden hero skill, (laughs) whatever that hero skill might be.
0: Yeah. Like what's their strength? And for your antagonist, what's their weakness, right? And, um, you know, what do they need? What, to, what are their wants? I think about
1: that, too. I was so excited when Bertie uh, got into La Femme. We were excited to have it. It's really a yeah. really lovely, lovely script. And and I'm, I'm hoping that at some point, because we've got a few incentives going that, you know, we can circle back and you know, help you get this thing produced at some point in time. It would be great. Or maybe facilitate, you know, hooking, hooking the pieces up to help you.
0: Well, what's, what's nice, Leslie, is that when I wrote the script, I finished it in 2018, and then I would tweak it. It really speaks to diversity right now. And, you know, I think about people that are athletes that compete in different sports. And I think about older adults that are incredible skills and confidence doing things. So, like casting, I think it would be a
1: wonderful thing to have all these different people involved. It would be great. It would be great to yeah. have that. Yeah. Um, in, in the scripts, do you focus a lot on the, how can I say, like the efficiency of detail within the description? How do you get that description across so that it really enhances the script overall? The description of the characters? How detailed do you get? How efficient do you get within those details? Right. So that when somebody is reading through, because you've had success at the scripts in film festivals. Yeah. And part of that is making it an entertainment or an entertaining read yes. for that reader to mm-hmm. go, oh, my gosh, this is really funny.
0: Oh, I, I'll give you an example. So my script, Wiley, is about the relationship between a, a teen and her grandmother, who she hasn't spent a lot of time with. And you don't know, quite know if the grandmother has dementia. And they go on this road trip. So the grandmother's like, let's get out of here. And she thinks the grandmother just wants to go get lunch. Well, the grandmother wants to go on a road trip, leaving her mm-hmm. nursing home. When I first started out, I had an issue with too much dialogue, too much telling, and you know, and it was too long. And so if you read it out loud or if you're, you take your scripts to a class, which I highly recommend people do, is to take screenwriting classes. So I took the beginning, intermediate, advanced, and rewrite. So by the rewrite, I had Birdie. But I did not have the lead character as somebody with a disability. And that occurred to me because the more I thought about it, I'm like, I got to make this more unique. Why would somebody, you know, so the girl skateboards, so what? But if the girl's missing a leg and she doesn't even want to skateboard, but she's talked into skateboarding and competing by this crazy cousin, right, who wants to make her look bad, knowing she's not going to be a good skateboarder, that's your script, right? And she gets in trouble. And she has to do community service at a retirement home because she's accidentally run over the school principal, you know, on a skateboard. So it, I, I learned to layer it, like, really with different things, but without um, too much dialogue. You know, a chase scene, uh, a childhood accident without showing too much of what happened, how she lost her leg.
1: What's your advice to new filmmakers, either trying to navigate through the festival circuit, trying to write their first script...
0: I would say, don't be tied to one thing, have a variety of projects and, you know, I used to think I always had to write a feature and it was a little overwhelming for me. So have different ideas to reach different audiences or just scripts that will be diverse enough to reach different audiences. I mean, I like the funny, I like dramedy, you know, and so that's my thing. So try to network as much as possible, have a good variety of work to talk about, not just one feature and one short and um, just try to always be, you know, coming up with different ideas. So you're very comfortable talking about it because I believe there's no longer an elevator pitch. It's like five seconds.
1: It is. I mean, the elevator pitch is the one minute, you know, pitch for those that are following. Nobody wants that. They want a shorter, tad tidbit, you know, a commercial version, third, you know, 15 second, 50 second, 30 second spot of your, of your script.
0: I started outside the box during the pandemic because I'm, I've been with KUCI since 2007. First I was a DJ, then I started Get the Funk Out, but outside the box was different because I realized that, you know, here we have millions of people out of work, And I wanted to interview people, feature people who could offer advice on how do you find a new position or pivot and become an entrepreneur or do your thing you always wanted to do. I mean, I felt like now's the time. But what happened is, Leslie, people started coming to me, students especially, and reaching out for mentoring on LinkedIn. So I believe if a student reaches out to you, you have got to respond. So I started mentoring a few students and just talking to them, brainstorming. And I decided to start this series, uh, Outside the Box Mentoring Series, where I uh, create conversations between students and industry people who they're interested in, you know, getting to know based on, you know, their field of interest. So, for example, if uh, a student says, I want to go into filmmaking, but I don't know anybody, I would say, oh, Let's see if Leslie LaPaz is, is available or some other filmmakers, and it becomes a conversation. It's not a guarantee of work, but it's this great industry conversation on Zoom, right? And other students can listen in, ask questions. Um, so I've been trying to pitch at di- different schools, it's, and it's interesting. Students are really excited. They'll say, oh, my school doesn't offer this. Some schools say, oh, we, co- we do career counseling. It's not that. It's an opportunity to
1: really connect with people you might not normally get to meet. And having that one-on-one opportunity that you wouldn't, wouldn't, it wouldn't be available to you. And then you, you have the others people just listening in, you know, learning from that one-on-one opportunity, that discussion.
0: And the funny thing is, Leslie, sometimes someone will find an opportunity based on a strange job that you take in the interim. So you may not be able to find work in broadcasting, but you go start painting houses, right? Stay with me for a second. And so you're painting houses, but the other student that's painting houses with you, he knows somebody, or the person you're painting the house, they are in the business. I mean, you just don't know. It, it lets you grow
1: and go to another level. Well, it goes back to six degrees of separation. You know, you can get to anybody. You just have to navigate the waters of, you know, how many degrees out is that person?
0: I I want to add this. I remember a cast and director saying to us, um, because I started off just wanting to do voiceover years ago, and I remember somebody saying, have a full life, do a lot of different things. So if you can look at things from an acting standpoint, from a directing standpoint, writing, bringing in your life, you're going
1: to make things a lot richer on the page. Last question. What's a dirty little secret that you wish somebody had told you about in the industry that you have discovered along your travels? Well, I will say this, like,
0: don't submit scripts and think you don't have talent. Don't, don't submit to Film Freeway and just because you get rejected think you're done because I would have thought I'm done. My very first script I wrote was a personal story and it was the worst script I've ever written because I didn't know what I was doing. But I wanted to get this story out and I need to go back and rework it. But it, I never let it stop me. So I would say, don't let all the rejection stop you because at some point, you're going to get it. You're going you're gonna to be in your groove. You're going to see something and want to put it on paper. Life is filled with so many incredible moments. Um, and just meet as many people as possible. A casting director... Warner Laughlin Laughlin. She's great. I was talking to her and I said, Hey, I got this idea for this funny pilot. It's called PMS Cleaning Service. And she laughed. Crazy title. I
1: haven't finished it yet, but it's something I want to finish because it's crazy. I wanna say thank you so much. Your dirty little secret is is really is really interesting because I cannot tell you how many times we pick up the phone and we go, hey, congratulations, you're officially selected. And we get like stunned people on the other, because they just don't think that they're going to get selected. And it's so it's so crazy. You have to have the mindset of eventually you're going to get that call that says, hey, you're officially selected. <laughs> right. And you'll figure out
0: what works. You will absolutely figure it out. And I would say, write the shorts just
1: to get your idea out there and believe believe in that story that's right but you've got to hang in there you have to hang in there because eventually if you if you play the game long enough you'll get your shot thank you for coming out you want to shout out some of your uh, social media for those that are listening in and want to get a contact with you
0: Sure. On Instagram, I am Janine Bernstein, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, Bernstein, B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N. I'm the same on LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter. I am moms underscore rock.
1: Thank you all for uh, tapping in and listening to the Best in Fest podcast. For those that want to submit their film, our submission deadline, our last for I Forgot deadline's coming up August uh, 15th. So go ahead and go on to Film Freeway, go on to LaFemme.org, submit off of that, find the LaFemme International Film Freeway uh, link. Watch us on YouTube. There will be a video component of Best in Fest that will be this interview. You there. And thank you, Janine Bernstein, for coming on and talking to us today about all your dirty little secrets.